0: Oh, baby, what a catch! Kenny day. you're a freak! What a catch! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! I love the Lions! Say it with me! I love the Lions! Drink it in! D. Detroit Kool-Aid. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on everybody? It is Friday. This is your host Derek Oakery on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. We're talking Lions football multiple times a week. I really appreciate you joining the show. Got an interesting topic for you today. We're going to talk about the Lions offense, what to expect as we head into training camp less than two weeks away. But before we get into that, I, I got to do something off the top. I can't believe I didn't I didn't do this earlier. Uh, I definitely should have. But uh, l- let me fill up your glass with a big uh, glass of Kool-Aid before we get rolling. Drink it in, man. Uh... <sighs> but here, here's what I want to do. Right before I got recording, I saw a YouTube video, uh, Tori petri on Woodward Sports and. Uh, For all you guys that have been listening to the Kool-Aid cast for years, you've heard us have some fun doing the uh, Tori Petri versus uh, Kay Adams debate here on the show. You know, I'm always trying to give Tori some props. I always tried to show her some love on Twitter and just loved the the work she did with the Lions. I thought she was just a great person. You know, she even had some great faith-based, you know, Um, Things that she shared online, you could tell her faith was strong, great person, hard worker, good quality, all that kind of stuff. So, like I said, I don't think I even brought it up on the show where she uh, had that emotional goodbye video, decided to leave the Lions, just kind of disappeared. You know, the fans were definitely caught off guard as well as upset. But just seeing her again on this uh, Woodward Sports interview, I I just think Tori Petri is an unbelievable... across the board. I mean, she was so fun, so nice, so passionate about Detroit, such a genuine person, I think. So I just loved this interview that she did. She's back here for a friend's wedding, I believe is what she said. And I'm going to be over in Grand Rapids and did this interview and was very cool about just kind of saying that she's in North Carolina now. And doing her thing and seeing what's next and felt like it was time to go. I mean I'm sure there's some different things that went on there behind the scenes, uh, with the lines, but you could definitely see Tori Petri, you know, being a big star with you know, one of the big networks, whether it be NFL Network, ESPN, or all different types of platforms that are out there now. So I really respect the fact that she felt it was time to go away. She moved away. She didn't have like the next job figured out or isn't going to something where they say, oh, it's bigger and better. Wait till I tweet it out unless she's, uh, you know, being coy that way. I thought she was just... You know there are times in our lives where we just got to make a change and and respect to her for having the guts to leave an NFL job and a job that she had done for 7 years and done at a high level. I mean she came in here as a redhead from the University of Florida and you know hadn't done much reporting kind of right out of school I believe and and as she said in the interview she grew up in front of us Lions fans with You know, the humor that she brought, the ability to connect with coaches and players, the, you know, creative things that she did, both visually um, in her videos and her different takes or podcasts, all the stuff she did, as well as, you know, always kind of putting a different spin. It wasn't always just basic football with Tori. She always gave it a unique spin, entertaining as well as. Like I said, kind of a no-nonsense person, though. Like, she would sit down with a mic and could talk football and be fun, but also, you know, not not frustrate the the diehards out there. And that's a, that's a skill, no doubt about it. So I just wanted to start the show with that about just uh, it was great to see her so happy. It was great to hear that she, like I said, had the courage to leave and, and also didn't have something lined up but has the faith that, Not only is it going to be okay, like, she's too dang talented to not do something incredible in football, in sports, in anything she puts her mind to, really, you know what I mean? And and like I said, we've had fun with it on the show, try to show her some respect as well as... Just she really grew on us Lions fans and Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers as a, our reporter and and a person that that we could be proud of and say, hey, that's that's one of our, our people in the media department or that's, you know, even she did sidelines and things at times. So. You know, it definitely will be missed. It's going to be a different season without her uh, out there doing her thing. But um, I know she'll pop up somewhere, and this interview was great. The fact that she's back in Michigan enjoying her time with friends and family is cool, and all the best to her. Where she goes uh, back to North Carolina, and whatever she does next is going to be awesome. So I just want to say that off the top. Tori, you're the best, and uh, really appreciate all you did for the Lions, State of Michigan, City of Detroit and uh and all the best, absolutely. Alright, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. After that, I think you need another glass of that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. Uh. Drink it in, man. Uh. Make it a double, why don't you? And, and let's just give you a side of cornbread. Cornbread! Now, what what I want to do on the show today is I want to talk about the Detroit Lions offense. I mean, The last few years, you know, we feel like, man, we got a pretty good O, but we had the same names, you know, Marv, Kenny, Stafford, and and a few pieces on the offensive line, whether it be Frank Ragnow, Taylor Decker, you know, but Hawkinson's only been here for a couple years. He's coming into his own. I feel like there's a lot of new faces both on the field as well as the coaching staff. So I just want to get into it a little bit about maybe what we can expect and how they might run things. And, you know, like I said, the the fan base as well as the team that seem to lean to the offensive side of the ball and just forget about defense. And that's what's killed us the last couple years. The defense has really been poor. And and I don't know the offense really kept up its end of the bargain as well. But this is a new year in 2021, and I'm really curious to see what they got. So let's start with the coaches. You know, when you're looking at the offensive side of the ball, I mean – underneath of head coach dan campbell dan freaking campbell you guys know who he is right we're going to bite a kneecap off we're going to smile at you we're going to take your other kneecap we're going to smile at you and when we do we're going to take another hunk out of you we're going to be the last one standing all right that's going to be the mentality (laughs) as i often say yes i'm going to do everything i can to get that quote in on every show (laughs) whenever possible because it's tremendous and, and if you're sitting there, man, like I've had enough of that quote. I mean, Dan Campbell's got a little something for you too. You've had enough of that. <laughs> he's had enough of you having enough of the greatest quote of all time in a press conference. You've had enough of that. Shit. You know, you know what Dan Campbell's also had enough of? The Lions' offense not doing big things. So he, he's just sick of it. You've had enough of that. Shit. Exactly Dan Campbell So starting with the coaches You went ahead and you gave yourself a call To Anthony Lynn Former head coach Of the Los Angeles Chargers A.K.A. the San Diego Chargers Anthony Lynn was out there for quite a bit you know, people can beat him up. He had some issues, you know, whether it comes to in game stuff or, you know, different things. But I always thought the Chargers had a good squad. You know, they always were kind of winning ball games. They've had a few lean years here or there. But Anthony Lynn's very intriguing because if you can be a head coach, you know, and take on all that responsibility and then they add you as a coordinator, I think that only helps the overall staff, no doubt about it, with wisdom, that leadership. Where I really gained a lot of respect for Anthony Lynn, too, was when they were on Hard Knocks recently when they had the two L.A. teams. This guy was, I mean, no nonsense on those Zoom calls, but he was also personable. I felt like his players liked him, but he's also a guy that's not going to mess around. You perform on the field, he'll play you. If you don't, you're going to sit down, you know, and I think you got to have a little bit of both of those things to be a good head coach and now a good OC so there, there were some stats I don't have them right in front of me but something I found on Twitter again you guys can find me on Twitter give me a follow as well as talk some football with me I'm at Derek Oakry that's spelled D-E-R-E-K O-K-R-I-E and uh, something came out about like Anthony Lynn when he was an OC which was really only for Gosh, was it a full season? I mean, it was not very long. It was surprising to see how little he's really been an OC in his career, even though he's a head coach and people assume like he's got his hands in the play calling. You know, you never really know what type of mix. You know, he is in the loop on everything, but was he really you know in on the offensive game plans out with the Chargers or was he just the head guy and did he delegate to his coordinator we don't really know so he he only really did it what well with Buffalo i think for a very short stint even an interim stint i believe it might have been and what was crazy about the stat and again i don't have it right in front of me but it was something to the effect of when anthony Lynn was an oc and he was you know up in the late in the game he he ran the ball more than anybody else when Anthony Lynn, you know, was even in a game. He had the highest run percentage out of anybody, you know, that's done it. You know, there was some other stat too, which leaned toward the run game, saying this guy loves the run game. He loves to run the football. He especially loves to run the football when his team is even or up or it's late in the ball game. And you know there's two ways you can look at that. You can be like, "Hey, this is a passing league now. We got to stretch people out. You got to speed get some speed out on the field. We got to go up over the top. You know, we can't nickel and dime and be running 2 yards in a cloud of dust." But Detroit's been craving a run game. I mean, we've been the worst in the National Football League for over a decade, two decades now. And it's got to stop. So if Anthony Lynn's going to focus on the run game, he's got a couple horses there. Young horses, when you're looking at DeAndre Swift, we call him Swizzle here on the show. Or you got Jay Swaggy, Jamal Williams. I mean, those guys got to get you excited. I mean, oh, baby. Oh, baby. Exactly. But, I mean... I think he's going to run the ball. I think that's just his M.O. And, and we'll get to more of that later about maybe what the scheme and stuff will be. But I think Anthony Lynn's a great guy. The big thing he said was when he got the call from Dan freaking Campbell, he just... And there was no question he was going to come coach with Detroit and he felt like they were building something special. So you always hear these positive quotes, but I can't see this guy being nothing more than on board with what Dan Campbell is doing, being in a support role. Of course, he wants to do great as an OC and maybe get another job as a head coach down the road. But I would think Anthony Lynn's here for, you know, two, three, four years, whatever it is. As a coordinator, if nothing else comes up, I could definitely see that. But I'm really intrigued to see what he'll bring. I think it will be run heavy. But he's also not afraid to throw the football, which he did with the Chargers um, you know, under his regime. And I think he's just a really smart guy. He knows how to relate to people. He seemed like a very uh, consistent disciplinarian, but also a guy that his players will really take to. So I can't wait to see what he does. Staying with the coaches, I mean, Randall L. is the wide receiver coach. You know, we had Sean Jefferson here for a long time, and his wide receivers really seemed to love him. You would go to training camp, and Sean Jefferson was all over the field hollering and getting after people and getting in drills. And, you know, that was always fun to watch as a fan, but also, like, you you like a coach like that, especially at the receiver position. And that's exactly what I think Randall L. is going to be. He's going to be fiery. He's going to be personable. He's going to be fun. And he'll also go out and could probably cut you up running a a crossing route or get after a DB or two here on this team. So I think he's going to be really good. I mean, he's down in Tampa. They had some success there. And, uh, again, a nice up-and-coming coach to get at the wide receiver position, which we all know the Lions have not invested highly in the receiver position when it comes to talent, draft picks, money. But they will. You know, I I don't know how quickly or exactly how they're going to attack it, but with Randall L. there at the helm, they will get through this year with what they got and make the best of it and then add some premier pieces, whether it be free agency, trades, the draft at the wide receiver position, mark my words. The other, you know, another coach that just got me ultra excited, I mean, drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. Deuce Staley. I mean, this guy is a proven coach with the Philadelphia Eagles. No nonsense guy. Fun guy. Brings a lot of juice. And I think, you know, all all signs are pointing. He's gonna get along really well with the with the two young guys I mentioned. They drafted a kid. They're they're gonna have to find, you know, some type of veteran presence or a guy that can can kind of be the player coach in that room. I don't think they have that right now. But Deuce is such a great guy, man. My only worry is, like, if you look back at his time in Philly, you know, the way that they used Miles Sanders there, you know, they had some other running backs that have come through there. And it's kind of hit or miss, you know. I don't know if that was the the overall coaching scheme or whatever it may be, but I can't say it was a slam dunk all the time in the run game. For the Philadelphia Eagles, a lot of bodies coming through. And I could see Deuce being a no-nonsense guy if somebody gets on his bad side. You know, they're going to be buried on depth chart type of thing. But like I say, also, if you make plays, I think he's a guy that will love you. So I'm excited about him. I I think there's a little volatility there, but the The juice he's going to bring, the experience, the knowledge, and the the passion is going to outweigh everything. And I just think he's going to be great. He's assistant head coach as well, so he'll be working with Dan Campbell, Dan freaking Campbell. And uh, <laughs> I think that they're going to be fun as a duo as well. And and hopefully Deuce does great here for a couple years, and then gets a, a chance to uh to to be either an OC or a a head coach. That be that be the next step for him, no doubt about it. Hank Fraley's the uh, old line coach. You know, he finally got his chance, I believe, last year. And just rave reviews from Taylor Decker, Rag Now, they all fought for him to say, hey, I know you're going to kind of clean house, but Hank Fraley's a guy you got to keep around. He played in the league, he's got their respect. The line seemed to be, you know, more than efficient the last uh, year or so, you know, in the middle of the pack in the NFL. And now you add a talent like Penny Sewell. I mean, they should be very good up in the uh, front. That should probably be the strength of the overall team, you would think, is that O-line, and they've added a lot to the D-line as well. So Hank Fraley's got a new premier player to add. He's got other young players up there. I really want to see him get the best out of them, You know, get them to be not only a well-oiled you know, type unit, but I want to see the nasty. I want to see them bury some people. I want to see them come out as a unit. And every week, the opposing team is like, oh, damn, we got to deal with Detroit's O-line. Man, they're going to be four quarters of just nasty and physical, and we're not going to be able to get to the quarterback because these guys can dance. They they know their schemes. They know how to communicate. I mean, he's got to get all that done for that unit to be incredible. I really hope he does that. Quarterback's coach, Mark Brunel. I mean, words coming out of those OTAs was that Mark Brunel was all over the field, running around, whooping it up, talking trash. I mean, it'll be interesting because I don't know. I don't have his coaching background in front of me, but I don't know that it's too deep. But I think he obviously played. He played at a pretty high level at different stops in his career. And I got a man of faith, I believe, and a guy that... Gosh, if him and Jared Goff can just get along well and can get the best out of Jared Goff, that's what I'm looking for for Mark Brunell. You know, I I think it's gonna be fun uh, if he brings juice and he's a former player. I mean, tell me if that sounds familiar. <laughs> Most of these guys are, but uh, man, it's it's I don't know. It'd be it'd be interesting because our quarterback coach the last couple of years, like I said, it's it's not a huge knock, but it is kind of a criticism. I feel like the current quarterback coach was always just. Oh, Matt Stafford's the greatest ever And he can't do anything wrong And, you know, they talk up all these other They bring in all these other backups That were Matt Stafford's buddies And it's like now we just got a fresh slate at that position, and I wouldn't mind it if Mark Brunell comes out in the media or says, you know, Jared Goff, he's, he's got to play better. He's got to protect the football. He's got, you know, if he if he has some slumps and if he's playing great, I mean, go ahead and praise the guy. You know what I mean? Like tell him, the uh, you know, sky's the limit. You know, but be both because we've had lots of years here where the QB coach was just always uh, seemed like a a placeholder, a clipboard guy, where it's just like he wasn't adding anything or adding any fire. or you know, can't say Matt Stafford got a ton better from 2011 to the time he left here. You know, it was about the same guy that you would see. So, you know, excited to see what Mark Brunel has. I, I, I didn't go get the tight ends coach or, you know, but I, I know I saw an interview with him. He seems excited about Hockets and company, you know. So uh, those are the coaches, and I, and I feel like... They're going to be fun. They're going to be vocal. They're going to be personable, but they got to get production and they got to get W's and they got to get this offense to be much more consistent. You know, I'll get into that in a moment, but I need the offense to be start fast some games. If they do end up starting slow, which we've seen way too much here in Detroit, like we need to make some adjustments and get rolling. They need to protect the quarterback first and foremost, as well as knock some people off the football that's been the problem in the run game you know I can't say that we haven't had a few talented backs but we just seem never to get any push you know we're always missing a block or a pull or a you know letting a letting a guy loose off the edge you get our quarterback killed so they really got to be more assignment sound up front and be able to knock people back so that you can get those short yards as well as Give me, give me a crease so so Swizzle can run through and doesn't have to shake and bake four people to make three yards. You know, give him a crease and let him run. He did it that a couple times last year. It was fun to watch. Um, you know, like I said, uh, let's feature Hawkinson in the past game. He he needs to be more uh, effective so that that coach is going to have to stay on him and keep his mind in the game. And uh, just really excited to see what they could do. I love the coaching staff and, and all that. So let's go ahead and do this i i I want to do that um respect for tory off the top as well as uh, spend a good amount of time on the coaches which i did but let's go ahead and take a break get reality sports online or other great sponsors in here and then when we come back i want to talk about kind of what this scheme might look and feel like as well as what the approach would be and focus on some of the players as well so everybody we'll take a quick break we'll be right back you ready showtime Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers I am fired up I am excited to tell you about one of our new great sponsors now by now most of you have probably heard of reality sports online the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager but the question is have you tried it I mean, it's time to go see what the buzz in the Dynasty fantasy community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, and so much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. So here's what I need all you guys to do. Head over to Reality Sports Online. You'll hear me talk about it on the show and call it RSO. Head over to Reality Sports Online and check them out right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, we appreciate you drinking in. The sponsors of the show. Drink it in, man. We appreciate you drinking in and hitting that subscribe button on the show drink it in uh... and i just mostly appreciate you drinking and serving up that detroit kool-aid drink it in uh... i couldn't do it without you i couldn't uh, thank you enough for the support we've been doing this show for a couple years now it continues to grow just a good time to jump on here and talk football and uh fires me up gets me excited when you guys are uh, finding me on twitter and saying hey what do you think about this hey who should i draft on my fantasy team what do you think michigan's gonna do this year in college football you know all that stuff is fun to do we're all busy but never too busy to try to talk ball and enjoy it with the the fans and the listeners of the show and by the way The listeners of the show, a lot of you guys got in on the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy League that I threw together. Slow draft has probably been going on for five, six weeks now, however long it's been. I mean, it's a slow draft, all right, but uh, real fun watching all the teams. 20-team league. Lots of people putting together rosters in different ways. So that's really been fun. So if you love fantasy football and you love this show, get with me uh, next year before we get that thing rolling. We'll see if a few spots open up. We'll try to get as many people as we can in because I love playing fantasy football and especially with the listeners. Uh, You know, really some fun people in there, good people, as well as just uh, love getting to know the listeners a bit more and and showing them why I'm the top dog, why I won the league the first year, why I'm trying to get my my crown back as well as uh, show these people what's up when it comes to drafting uh, value and quality players from top to bottom. So (laughs) have a lot of fun there and uh, always try to enjoy myself as well as, uh, yeah, I'm definitely trying to win. There's no question. So let's go ahead and get into this. I mean, when you're talking about the scheme, when it comes to the Lions offense, to me, I talked about it earlier, they're going to be run heavy. Um, I I think they're going to be a timing passing game. And by that, I mean, Jared Goff, until he proves otherwise, has had some struggles throwing the football down the field. But I think he's a good, if he's protected, he's pretty dang good at scanning the field and hitting people underneath and crossers. Uh, One of my big beefs with Matt Stafford all the time was, He didn't have to seem the greatest touch when it was to get people in stride. I mean, you can hit a guy in stride with like an eight-yard crossing route. He can run for 30 yards, you know. That's a real key to the quarterback position. I think Jerichoff has that as well as being able to layer the football over the middle, tight ends, uh, guys running little option routes like DeAndre Swift, things like that. So I think it will be an underneath timing type passing game, but – they do have some speed on the outside, so I think they will take some deep shots. I really do. I think they will get Perriman, um, try to get him behind the defense. Tyrell Williams also has been a guy who's been a big play guy at times during his career. And the the biggest thing with that is I think Paraman's the wild card to me. I mean, he's had a few productive games. He's had a few interesting seasons. He's also had some down seasons, so... I don't know if he's going to be, you know, the number one on this team. I've been touting that Tyrell Williams is number one, but there is some things coming out that Perriman might be a very dynamic player because he's going to be used a lot here. There's also people that think he's going to lose snaps to, like, St. Brown and Cephas and things like that. So we'll see, but uh, he can definitely run. There's no question. So it takes some deep shots there. Another thing that I think is going to be big when he's talking scheme is is, is play action. You know, I think uh, if we can get that run game and if we do have a quality offensive line, I you know, again, I'm not out there on the football field, but I think play action when it's done properly is very effective. You know, be able to put that you know ball in the belly of the running back, pull it back, get those linebackers to suck up, and then throw that dang thing down the field. And they did do that under – under Bevel and Company, Matt Stafford, you know, did like to get those fakes and then take some shots. I can't say he was always as accurate as I would have liked on those deep balls, but that that's definitely something I feel like. And Jared Goff can do some boot. You know, he can do some boot game. He can throw on the run. He's got some things in his in his you know trick bag. There's no, there's no question. So don't be surprised if lines do a lot of play action, a lot of um, rollouts and uh, try to move the pocket as well as just keep people guessing. You know, are we really running it? Are we faking the run? Are we throwing up over the top? Are we hitting you underneath? I think they're really going to change it up, which I'm all for all that. Um, I have, you know, on my little short list here, creativity. Do you think the Lions are going to be creative when it comes to offense? Do you think they're going to have some trick plays up their sleeve? Do you think they're going to surprise you on Sundays where – You know, by week four, are you going to know what's coming? There's been way too many years at the Lions where we're sitting there like second and eight and we're like draw play, (laughs) you know, um, you know, third and short shotgun, you know, knowing that they're still going to run it and get stuffed. You know, they're going to throw out route to so and so. And, you know, it's just like it's been predictable, especially in the red zone and whatnot. So are they going to change it up where like every week we're kind of like, man. We're healthy on offense, and who knows what they're going to do this week. They might do the complete opposite of what they did before. Are they going to get in a rhythm where we kind of know what we're going to expect? So I would love to see some creativity. I think trick plays really help you win ball games in the NFL. Everybody can grind it out and can. You know they they watch their p's and q's, but a lot of the things that work, especially offensively, I think are those tendency breakers, where man the Lions always do this. Oh, not that time, touchdown. <laughs> you know, uh, I think I think Dan Miller would would love it. You know, if something like that happened, where they just, uh, hey, this is the same old play we always see from the Lions. Oh, nope, that's a 50 yard touchdown. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Exactly, Dan Miller, that'd be tremendous. So. Hopefully, they're creative. We'll wait and see, but I don't want to know every week what we're going to get. I want to be surprised, excited, all that type of stuff. Now, are they going to be attacking or are they going to try to control the game? I I think in 2021, to be honest, you know, they're not going to be ultra aggressive. Well, I take that back. I mean, that seems to be the easy answer. Like, ah, they're not going to be too crazy. You know, they're going to just sort of see what they got and be patient and all that stuff. Now that I think about it, it could be the exact opposite. I I could see Dan freaking Campbell and Brad Holmes and these OCs and these former players drawing up these game plans where it's just like throwing caution to the wind and just coming out Swing and taking haymakers on people. I mean, I, seriously, I could. So, if I had to lean one way or the other, I think it would be more attacking, more uh, all or nothing than this control. Try to grind it out. Try to, you know, <laughs> hold the ball and hope that you can win. I think they'd much rather come after you and try to try to win at a high level. Um, let's see here. I'll just run through a few things. I mean, when it comes to the approach, a couple things I was curious about is you think they'll allow Swift and, and Hawk to be game changers? I mean, I think those are the two best offensive players on the Detroit Lions, but I feel like the last few years even going back multiple coaches it's like they never used Calvin the way they should have. They never accentuated Stafford's big arm really. You know, we, 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 we hamper these guys you know, we hold them down instead of saying, okay, what do you do well? Okay, we're going to do that. What do you uh, what your dominant player? I think Dan Campbell had a great quote in one of his pressers. He was like, if we got a receiver that continually gets openers on their worst corner, that's where we're gonna go. <laughs> I mean, very simple, very pragmatic, but makes sense to me, you know, who's your worst player? who's our best player? Let's try to get our best player on your worst player and go to work, you know what I mean? And I do hope they do that. but Swift Hawk, Yeah, they they need to be featured. They need to be game changers, no question. Is it going to be even run and pass? Um, Or are they going to be lopsided? We kind of hit on that before. I would assume overall it's going to be pretty even. And if I had to go one way or the other, I do think they'll be a little more run heavy. But you need to get the ball to swift in the passing game. You need to be dynamic. When I talked about the surprise plays, of pulling out some things that are different even if it's a run make it different if it's a pass you know make it unique um so most most teams are around that 60 40 type setup i mean lions would probably be that but they may go old school and be 60 55 plus in the run game and the rest in the pass we'll wait and see but uh i would love it if they aired it out a little bit too because Depending on how these receivers do, that does seem to be what works in today's game. You can't touch anybody and you just got to let it fly. You know what I mean? Um, Talked about kind of aggressive approach. We talked about that. Accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. I hit on that a moment ago as well. I think Dan Campbell and company are going to be very aware and, and interested in doing that. And that's one thing I feel like Matt Patricia thought that he did well. You know, he thought that he like... Every week we're come up with a different game plan. We're gonna do whatever's open, but he didn't. <laughs> he always did the thing that like was the worst idea. it Was like, hey, this team's bad at running. Okay, let's not run it at all. Hey, this team has had trouble with their tackling, and they wouldn't put any pressure on them to make tackles. Oh, this team turns it over a lot. They never pressure. You know, it's just like. I think he tried to change it up all the time. Only thing he changed it to was the complete opposite of what you probably should have done. So hopefully they'll get that right. I mean, I'd like to see him be aggressive on short yardage red zone. I mean, end of games. Like if we're in the football game, try to go win it. Don't just try to hang on or, or hope the other team screws up, go get it. You know what I mean? I think the players that they're going to have to lean on when you're talking about offense, is pretty obvious. Swift, Goff, Hawkinson, and then like, I'm interested. I'm very, very interested what Tyrell, Perriman, and, and uh, Cephas are going to be. I really am. Like They could be way better than advertised, or they could be the worst in the game, in, in the league. You know what I mean? I could see either one happening. So, with that being said, like I'll wait and see on some of those guys. I'm obviously optimistic. I mean, again, You you guys know the name of the show, right? It's called Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, (laughs) man. So I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to root for them. Obviously, that's much I do rather than say, oh, they're going to be horrible when really in my head, I'm hoping they'll be good. You know, ever been around people like that where they're just like trying to like show how smart they are with football or like they're going to just knock the lines and and really in the back of their head, they're like, man, I hope these guys are good. I hope we win games. But it's much easier out in front uh, to go negative and then just be happy with the positive. But. With those guys, like, waiting to see or hoping they're going to be good, like, I kind of just circled St. Brown as our guy. There's a lot of buzz around this kid. You know, there's a lot of – you saw the, the video. The, the Lions seemed to love him. They had him circled early on in the draft process as well as he's no nonsense. I feel like he would start from day one. He's going to be hard to cover. He's – he's – I like his game. I really do. So, to me, that's kind of the receiver that I'll be most focused on. See, what does he got? What's his ceiling? What can this kid do from day one from Jump Street? And can he be a dynamic slot player? Can he give us even more than that in different areas of the football field? I really hope so because, again, he made my list. And, again, those are the skill guys. And, again, the offensive line hangs on Decker, Ragnow, and Sewell. And then you're you're interested to see what Jonah Jackson does in year two as well. So with all that being said, I mean, when you're talking about the offense, you'd be looking at those guys, hoping our O-line is much better. To me, the the main factors that are important, is the O-line going to live up to all the assets they put into it? Are they going to be top 10 basically from week one? Or are they going to struggle and then by mid to end of the year, they're playing you know, mid to upper tier type football? I need it right away pretty much. I also need us to finally put to bed that we're not throwing parties and giving out rainbows and sunshines for a 100 yard rusher. We're not like sitting here going crazy because our running back has 600 or 700 yards on the ground. Like, let's get a run game, let's get a stud in there. And let's work them. You know, let's actually get them the football and expect every week that Swizzle's going to have 75 in the run game and, you know, 50-some plus in the pass game. I mean, obviously you can't do that every week, but you got to start setting bars that are a little more, you know, got have, have higher expectations and know that let's just put this 1,000-yard rusher to bed that we haven't had one of those since Reginald Bush as well as way before that. I mean, it's just an embarrassing stat as well as I mean, we're out here just acting like we won the Super Bowl because carry on Johnson ran for a buck 20. I mean, come on, man. We got to get out of that mold. So O-line rushing game. And the other thing is Jared Goff. You know, he's the quarterback. What does he got? So when you're talking about like winning factors for this offense, because everybody knows it's all about the W's. All we want is wins. Yes, we want to be entertained. I've talked a lot on this show and my other show, Believe in Lions, B-L-E-A-V in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network, that we want mojo, we want swagger, we want to be a little bit nasty, we want to be fun to watch, but we really, we want to win at the end of the day. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Exactly, Mike Singletary. I mean, we've had... Too many people like this recently with the Lions are coaching the Lions. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Can't do it. You absolutely can't do it. I mean, we got to start winning in Detroit. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Exactly. I I mean everybody is excited about that. So winning factors for this team when you're talking offense, execution. You hear it all the time. It's coach speak, oh we gotta execute better, we gotta try better. Yeah. The execution from quarters one to four needs to be better, more consistent, as well as more dynamic. I mean, that's plain and simple. The the Detroit Lions, if you wanna win ball games, you need to protect number sixteen, Jared Goff back there playing quarterback and I'm talking consistently protect him where every drop back he's not scared for his life he's not worried about somebody coming loose and killing him it's going to happen chirurgoff sure, will get blown up this year from time to time but if you can give him that mindset that the majority 98 95% of the time he doesn't have to worry about somebody coming straight clean and getting them He'll deal with the other things that come up when you're a quarterback. You know, be able to move the pocket, being able to get rid of the football. But you got to be able to protect him, keep him clean, and give him that confidence so he can stand back there and and play how he plays. Which, again, may not be as eye-popping sometimes as Matt Stafford, but, I mean, the, the guy's a winner. He really is. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Exactly. I think I think Jared Goff's got a little bit of winner in him, as well as a little bit of sneaky. Hey, we're gonna be sitting there in weeks one, two, three. Like, hey, we might have ourselves a quarterback here. This guy's playing good ball. He's he's putting on receivers. He's you know accurate. He's he's been dynamic. He's putting up some touchdowns, some yardages that we like. I could definitely see that. Another re- way that you got to win from the offensive perspective, you got to outthink the other coaches. You got to draw up some game plans, some plays, some sneaky tactics that are just things that the other team did not plan for. How many times have we heard the last little bit? Oh, man, I knew what the Lions were doing. I knew that was coming. Like... I thought Matt Patricia was that guy. And instead of outthinking the other team, he outthought himself and he didn't think enough because he didn't do a damn thing during the game. He just sat there with his arms crossed and watched our team get just whooped up and down the field. So Dan Campbell, Dan freaking Campbell, needs to just straight up outdo the other coaches. Like you come up against a coach that is not one of the elite. Go out, think him. Go out, strategic. You know, strategize him, and, and beat him, and and physically. You know, not physically, but what I'm saying is almost have that mindset of like I'm going to impose my will on this guy, and I'm, I'm gonna. Outdo his coaching and not let him up either. The one thing the Lions coaches and people players do, oh, we get up a little bit or we're playing decent, take the foot off the gas. How about we just stomp some people when it comes to like what we're doing coaching wise as well as playing on the field? That'd be nice. I I think they got to compensate for maybe the lack of talent with with the creativity and the aggressiveness that I mentioned before. I think they got to bring excitement, swagger, physicality, mojo, things I also mentioned earlier. You might think, oh, what does that matter? Like, you you know, these so-and-so, Bill Belichick, these people, they are stoic and they win. Yeah, but I'm telling you, like Detroit Lions fans as well as the players, the coaches, they just need to have a new vibe this year. Again, I'm not even as worried about the W's as I am. Like when I turn on the game. I want to see a team that plays passion, physicality, excitement, and and loves the game and and is only going to get better with time. And if I get that, I think everything else will follow. So we need that. And, And the final thing that I'm most focused on is I need a focused football team. I need a team in Detroit wearing that Honolulu blue and silver that is focused Throughout the week of practice, you can have all the fun you want. You can dance. You can whoop it up with your teammates. You can uh, joke around in the media. But I just need that focus on what what's your job. What are you going to do? What do you got to do to help us win? And then I need you to go execute, as I said earlier, on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, whenever we're playing. Because I've always seen kind of an unfocused, undisciplined type team. And, you know, catch the football when it's thrown to you. Uh... You know, focus even harder when we're inside the red zone to be able to make a play. You know, don't don't wake up in the third or fourth quarter and start playing. Like, play from the get-go. And like I said, Detroit's a hard-working city. So, if we see you working hard and having fun and being productive, this town will love this team, this coaching staff and these players, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So... Everybody, that's what I got for you today. I'm really excited about the Lions' offense. It's definitely a wild card, and it's getting no respect when you talk about the receivers. Jared Goff. People are even doubting what Swift can do. Oh, maybe Jamal Williams is going to be the guy. Just, I can't wait to see what they do and what they bring. I think they're going to be much better than expected when it's all said and done. Now, are they going to be top ten in the league? No. Are they going to be even like? You know, that upper third, maybe not. But I think they're going to be right in the middle of the pack as far as when the stats are broken down. And all you got to do is score one more point than your opponent. So that's the lines you need to focus on. But yes, they need to be fun to watch. They need to be hardworking. They need to execute. And they need to focus. And this city will love that. So, everybody. We'll get to the defense at another time and talk all about them. But until then, thank you guys so much for listening to the Detroit Kool Aid Cast. I hope you have a great Friday, an incredible weekend, and I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool Aid Cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in. get in